0: Hi, I'm Lippy.
1: And I'm Grumpy, together with Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting.
0: This week's sandwich feedback, the F1 accidents, disappointment of cooking and Christmas films.
1: First, an apology from last week. Now, because of lockdown, we use Zoom to record this. And then there's some editing and various mushing that goes on afterwards. And as I was going through the... Uh, the tracks I noticed there was some dropout so if the editing sounded a bit odd I know we referred to one of my friends as uh, Orange Marshall and that didn't come out so I do apologize because there was quite a lot about his caravan exploits Mm. so hopefully we won't have the same problem this week
0: fingers crossed but do know that I made some cracking comments and I am hilarious but it cut it out it cut it out
1: well it must be some sort of zoom humor filter then (laughs) So we seem to have had quite a bit of feedback this week uh, from Davros and the Screaming Tomato and also from Orange Marshall 2, as we shall call him. So first of all, uh, Davros goes into Radio 1 again and it seems that the root of his beef with Radio 1 is the auto-tune, which does something to make people's voices sound better
0: i understand where he's coming from there if you hear well i think it's the same with everything now when you hear them on a cd they sound perfect you go and see them live and you can just be astonished by what they actually sound like and it seems sometimes like 20 30 times better in real life than it is on the cd
1: sometimes it's the sound system Uh, If you go to a stadium or outdoor concert, actually managing the sound is very, very difficult. It's not Mm. an easy job at all. Uh, And I've been to uh, Donington about 30 years ago. And the sound was dreadful during the day, but it progressively got better as the names got bigger.
0: Uh... So by the
1: end of the evening, when Pink Floyd was playing, it was absolutely perfect. Mm. So going back in time, there may have been a bit of that but it is difficult. Uh, the friend of mine's friend, friend of a friend who's in the music business, he specialises in the the live concerts and how that's done. So it's not always what's being played is what you hear through the speakers. So he's developed yeah. some software that does some jiggery-pokery. I, I know no more than that. Uh, mm. So that you get the, the best performance possible. So mm. it's not quite live, but it's, not, it's perhaps pre-recorded, but not... Yeah. Um, not necessarily from the CD. There isn't somebody at the back with a CD player and a very large. As play, <laughs> so that would be that would be dreadful. Uh, anyway, we digress a little bit as, as usual from um, from Radio yes. One. Uh, sandwiches seems to have triggered a uh, one or two comments. Wow, so yeah. Davros seems to favour a tuna mayo red onion and tomato sandwich, and I think a lot of that is to do with its after effect. He also said the oddest sandwich he's ever eaten was a homemade cottage cheese and Marmite sandwich, which just sounds awful, wrapped in cling film and left forgotten on the dash of a Land Rover for an hour or two in high summer. Now, I would have thought the cottage cheese would either have curdled or gone back to milk. Well, it is pretty curdled, but would it curdle more or would it just go completely runny and saturate everything?
0: I feel like it would just turn into milk.
1: Uh, that that was my feeling mm. too. Uh, it's not one an experiment I want to try. God no, no,
0: I'm not a fan of cottage cheese at the best of time.
1: Oh, I, I quite like it, but not in a sandwich. It's too, <laughs> it's too runny. It's the same we put in a tomato in a sandwich. And then taking it to work, for example. It's all very soggy by the time you get to eat it. Yeah, if
0: you're going to put tomato in a sandwich, you need to be eating the sandwich within the next five minutes. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, Davros goes on to say that he is strongly aligned with Lippy and Grumpy, that all the best sandwiches start with cheese, even before bread. So Mm. big thumbs up there, Davros. And then the Screaming Tomato in Australia uh, got in, in contact and talked about something called Smashed Avo Sandwiches which turns out to be avocado mushed up on toast. And uh, so it seems there's a bit of a divide in Australia over these $22 a pop avocado on toast, essentially. Yes. Don't forget there is a little... Sorry. Yeah, but that's... uh, What's the exchange rate? We'll bring it down to, I don't know, maybe £14. I'm I'm guessing. uh, Okay. Uh, Well, for one slice... Or maybe it's two slices. Who knows? But even two slices with avocado, that's quite a lot of money. So $22 a pop. And they should be saving money for a deposit to a house or flat mm. instead. Which he does have a point. But I can see how people will get very, very irate about that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: can yeah. Just
0: do it at home?
1: Well, you could say that about expensive coffee from... True coffee shops that in my view doesn't Mm. taste that brilliant
0: you might as well spend the money that you would spend on the coffee on a good coffee machine at home
1: that's a very good idea Mm. Uh, the screaming tomato goes on to say personally like a bacon and banana toasty
0: do you know what when i read that i was i in my head i was like i really want to try that i think it would be absolutely amazing
1: now the screaming tomato originates from south africa and i'm pretty certain that's a staple diet in south africa <laughs> very normal, very normal. I have a slight problem with bananas and cooking them. i Just by its
0: not really cooked, though, is it? It's warmed.
1: No, but it's mushed up. And
0: oh,
1: I love a mushy I, banana. Yes, yeah, so do I. On occasions, uh, I think the problem goes back to when I was very young, and my dad did some horrendous pudding with cooked bananas <laughs> in it, and I think it's scarred me for life because I quite like a cooked banana on a barbecue. Oh, yeah. That's really nice. But mm. when I think about it, I go, oh, no, I'm not going to like that. But actually, I do. Anyway, back to Davros. He, mm. he goes on a little bit further and talks about what three words, which is a, a an interesting technology. It appeared a few years back. And what they've done is they divided every th- three square metre area in the Earth and given it three unique words that identifies it. Oh. And it was sort of a bit like a technology without a any use really people go well oh, that's really good but how am I going to use it what who has picked it up is the emergency services
0: mm, I have seen that actually the yeah. adverts
1: so which is it, is a really good use of it so there's an app on the phone and all you need is GPS you don't need I don't think you need mobile phone signal I'm not 100% certain about that um, and it will it will give you your location obviously if you mm. haven't got a mobile phone signal you can't actually call for help so uh, <laughs> You are you're in a bit of trouble. At least you
0: know where you are.
1: You know where you are, and it's used by um, Premier Inns. Interestingly, if you book on there, the the email you get has what three words for the reception, which is very useful when you arrive at one of these very modern places and you can't find the front door. Mm. It does narrow it down to within three square meters, which is. So so you'd be able to see it, basically, which is quite good. Davros did then go on to crack an an appalling joke, um, which I'm not even going to repeat, about teardrop caravans and teardrop explodes. (laughs) You know what you did, no more. (laughs) And I had another email from uh, a friend of mine, who's also a marshal, so we'll call him Orange Marshal too, Mm. to say that he really didn't like black pudding. And then about ten minutes later, I had a WhatsApp message saying, Oh, but our local butchers does black pudding and sausage rolls, which oh. we accidentally had a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. They mm. just just, fan- oh, just taste brilliant. And, in fact, I was in there today ordering a turkey and hoping to purchase some more and they'd run out. No, um, no. Uh, I haven't heard back from him, so either it's... Well, <laughs> either he's locked himself away because it's so appalling or, uh, or <laughs> he's stuffed himself so full he can't get to his phone. Who knows? But... Uh, <laughs> I'll have to chase him on that. So, uh, notable events from this week. Uh, obviously, Sunday was uh, potentially a horrific day. Um, I believe you saw it live, did you?
0: Yeah, we watch... Well, I always like to watch the starts because they're normally the most interesting. And this week, it was just something else. When it was happening, you you were just watching the front runners and then all of a sudden there was just this massive flames, explosion, and the commentators are just kind of like... Oh, what's happened there? What's gone on? Who's and then they wait, obviously, because of the how horrendous it could have been. They don't show any replays until they've all been checked. He's okay. They, I think, we it was about five minutes before we actually saw a replay and saw that the car had been split in two when it hit that barrier and how he just got some burnt hands is absolutely unbelievable. I'd burn my hands cooking
1: yeah it is astonishing, and I think he had a burnt ankle as well, and mm. the only reason for that is his boot came off yeah. as he's extracted himself from the from the wreckage and I've seen an accident at Goodwood at the Revivals many years ago where two this was cars from the nineteen thirties or maybe a little bit earlier, so there's no seatbelt and there's no safety in them whatsoever mm. and Two of the wheels banged, and we're standing at the end of the start finish line, looking down there. And uh, you look up, oh, there's a straw dummy up in the air. Oh, there's a car following it. What? Oh, my God, it's the driver. So what had happened is they banged wheels and he'd been catapulted. It must have been 20 foot in the air. So he lands uh, in front of the grandstand with the car landing not very far from him. And he's absolutely motionless. And I have never heard silence like it. The yeah. whole place just absolutely quiet. And of course the only thing you want to hear that he's okay and I'll come on to this again in a minute and it took ages the you know the medical crew turned mm-hmm. up and he'd been knocked out yeah. um, and picked him up, put him in the ambulance, still unconscious took him off to hospital and about 45 minutes later, they came on the tannoy to say, he's awake, he's absolutely fine, he's got a broken collarbone. And that was it. Um, And the commentators, they did an amazing job because they are explaining about what was going on, why it was taking so long, Mm. why they don't just scoop him up and throw him in the ambulance. And also about why you can't retrofit seatbelts into 1930s uh, race cars. Because it it would be pointless, to Mm. be honest. You'd have to destroy so much of the car to make it safe that you can't yeah. do it and, and in terms of Formula One accidents of course there was uh, Gerhard Berger in 1989 at Imola who had a an incident and the car caught fire and that was very different because you saw a bit of it I can't remember whether they stopped transmission they must have done but we didn't have the social media then so there was no other information about it no. whatsoever
0: yeah so he uh, went on to Instagram afterwards to kind of say that he's all right and proved that he was absolutely fine and said he was actually against the halo when yeah. it first came out but if that halo wasn't there he he is, he wouldn't have had a head
1: no absolutely and there's i noticed this afternoon that somebody's put together a sort of a 3d mock-up of the incident oh. and you can see how close his head was mm. to yeah if, if the halo hadn't been there he would yeah, that would have been it um mm. but and there's all sorts of questions about uh, the barrier and the strength of the barrier As I was talking to Orange Marshall one, on Monday he said, "You know, the barrier deflecting like that may have absorbed enough of the impact that it it, the deceleration didn't kill him." So there's so many elements to that. Mm. Um, Just incredibly lucky.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't believe how quickly the marshals ran in. I mean, when you saw the replays, it's still kind of exploding when the first medical officer just runs straight in and helps him over the the barrier
1: well the the irony of this is is that where it went in where it happened the medical Mm. car was right behind them
0: yeah thank you. if it had been
1: on the second lap then that that car wouldn't have been there Mm. and presumably the location close to the pits means there's um, a fair number of marshals Nevertheless, it was uh, astonishing. An astonishing bravery by uh, was Doctor Ian Roberts and mm. the driver of the car whose name I can't pronounce or remember. Um, but to go in there like that is uh, is astonishing. Mm. Just kind of a no fear, Well, they obviously probably
0: were. But well, what it looked like it was interesting.
1: A... The driver of the medical car said, "We practice this." He says, "Obviously, not that particular scenario because there were so many elements to that, and particularly yeah. going through a barrier." but fire um, a medical um, problem where somebody's trapped in the car, they they practice for it. And the drivers themselves practice getting out of the car very quickly. Yeah. And, and I think it's probably lucky that Roman Grosjean is as thin and as whippet-like as he is because he I did. believe he had to climb through the halo. He
0: did, yeah, and then yeah. straight up over the...
1: Yeah. Um, which, I mean, obviously, if I tried to do that, that's not going <laughs> <end. laughs> to end well, to be honest. Yes, Interestingly, I picked up a thread on Twitter uh, from a, a young lady who goes by the name of F1, one who's producing a thesis on the role of the media in events such as this. Mm. And we had we did have a little bit of a chat about it. Uh, it is a very interesting thesis and how much information do you provide uh, yeah. at an event like this. Uh, there was a few calls that there was far too much re, far too many replays rather, and mm. just generally too much information. But I think and going back to what I was saying about the incident at Goodwood, what people want to know after something like that is is he okay? Yeah. Is the driver okay? Is anybody hurt? Mm-hmm. And that's the information they want, not yeah. necessarily lots of replays.
0: They did say that he was pretty okay before they did the replays, but the the majority there was a lot of replays, but they were trying to figure out what happened because what just watching the first replay of the right angle, it looked like he just did it he just drove off himself. Yeah. It didn't look like There was anything, he didn't hit anyone, nobody hit him. Well, he obviously hit someone once he was off diagonally, but it didn't seem like anything happened for the car to do that until they really slowed one down and it was on board with him, Mm. which I wasn't ready to watch. I didn't know how far they were going to show you of that. Mm. But you just saw this weird black rectangle kind of bounce towards the car and they think... He's hit that or he swerved to miss that. Oh, right. And that is what happened because you see his hands turn to go right and then you see him go to turn left again and the car just doesn't. It just carries on straight.
1: Oh, interesting. Because Romans... uh an interesting driver, let's put it mm. that way, and I think he gets blamed for quite a lot of incidents. <laughs> yeah, incidents. <laughs> he's incident prone, mm. um, so it's very easy to jump to the conclusions there and say, "Well, it was his driving that caused it." But like, that that will all come out in the in the wash. It, it's horrible, and I, I mean, fire is one is one of my biggest fears. It's mm. um, particularly in that scenario where you're trapped in it. That must have yeah. been. I can't imagine what that was like.
0: Well, the first thing I said to Chris when it happened was, "He's dead. There's no way he's." No he's still alive after that because it was such a big explosion. But it just proves how much their protective wear really does work.
1: There is a lot of protection in the cockpit. Mm. I believe they have halon comes out or some sort of gas that will keep the fire away from the immediate vicinity. And I mm. think air goes into the um, helmet as well.
0: Oh, OK. So it's so not so breathing they, in the yeah, sky. Yeah,
1: so they can breathe. Mm. Um, that, that's been around for a very long while. Uh, and in fact, the doctor said that the... There was no smoke inhalation because the helmet had done its job. Kept yeah. so kept it out. So That's uh, good. Yeah. So That's there's crazy. a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. I mean the fuel cells, uh, that was carrying what, hundred and twenty odd litres of fuel. So if you think my Volvo has got a sixty litre tank, so it's twice that. Twice that. And those those fuel cells apparently will um sustain a bullet. Oh. Yeah, they're they're almost indestructible. Uh, so the fire was not caused by the fuel tank leaking. It was either spillage or possibly the batteries um, mm. people are talking about now. So, uh, yes, if the fuel tank had gone up, that would have been very different. It would have. Anyway, hopefully we'll not see anything like that again. But, no, uh, fingers crossed. Stuff will be low. And I think it you know, was elements of a freak accident, but um, mm. even so, not uh, gave me nightmares. Sunday yeah. night, I have to say.
0: Mm. Uh, well, there was another accident in the race after. There was, there?
1: wasn't there? Yeah. And again, Halo
0: -hmm. Halo
1: protected the driver, so I I don't think anybody will question those. No,
0: definitely
1: not. But our next topic is the disappointment of cooking, which isn't as bad as it sounds, but I think we've all been caught out with looking at a recipe in a recipe book and going, that is fantastic. And Mm -hmm. I really only like to do recipes where there's a picture, so you have some sort of guideline.
0: (laughs) Some reference when it comes out that that is is edible because that's what it looks like in the
1: picture. Absolutely. Some sort of reference point. Now, I have to say, I have got a book that was bought for me uh, by a friend of mine called The Mighty Spice,
0: mm. uh,
1: which is a brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, absolutely brilliant. The guy had set up a spice company and he'd, he'd been around the Far East and collecting all of these recipes together. And they're, they're great because they're quite quick to cook. And I think they are no... No more than five spices in each recipe. So it's it's all all pretty good stuff. And they tend to turn out how it looks with one or two exceptions. I mean, the food is brilliant.
0: The food, honestly, I don't think you've ever cooked so well in your life.
1: I think that's probably true, actually. Mm. There There are one or two exceptions that don't quite look that. But other stuff I've cooked in the past it bears no resemblance to the picture whatsoever. And <laughs> and you get it, and particularly if you've got people around, it's a massive disappointment because you think, oh, I'm going to put a lot of effort into this, you know, go, mm. go and get good ingredients. You cook it, and I have a tendency to forget what's in the recipe, so I have to keep reading it. And then I spot something I hadn't done before.
0: Yes, I always do that.
1: I'm thinking, oh, crikey, I've got to now, oh, now I've now got to grease a, a thing for a, the oven or...
0: Why does it do that why because on the ingredient list it should say like diced onion not just onion and then because it gets there, it's like add your diced onion i'm like i haven't diced an onion i didn't know yeah. i needed to diced an onion
1: yeah and then you suddenly you have to cut one in a hurry your eyes watering you lock the top of your finger off
0: <laughs> it's blood and, in the cook and yeah. <laughs> you're
1: just grateful it's a a red onion and not a not a white <laughs> one And the, the thing that catches me out time and time again are the words set aside to cool and I've, I, I, have you know, the way that I, I tend to write out, you know, there, there'll be, you know, particularly for something like Christmas dinner, there'll be time stuff's got to come out of yeah. the oven and what have you. And then all of a sudden this bombshell's dropped where you've got to wait for this to cook. How long do you have to wait? Is it an overnight thing? <laughs> you know, 10 minutes. I'd probably get 10 minutes out of the schedule. But if it's any longer than
0: that. That's, is that why dinner's always late?
1: <laughs> Not when I cook. No, dinner's on time when I cook. Yeah. I think
0: that's more of a timing issue for the women in our family. We are very much a, it'll be done by this time, and then two hours later we're still going.
1: Yes. We see the thing is if you've had to cook a turkey over a long period of time, and Mm. for the last few years I brined the turkey the night before, so it drastically reduces the cooking time, which is quite nice. So you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn to put the turkey in like you used to. Uh, So you know you there's a period of time there so you you need to judge that right otherwise you end up with either uncooked turkey or cold turkey Over. yeah overcooked mm. well very rarely overcooked but if it's been out the oven for a couple of hours it's going to start to lose its heat a bit although obviously it has to another thing is resting as well which is a concept i don't quite understand but it definitely makes a difference when you cook meat i think it's,
0: it lets all the juices settle
1: there is something about that, but it just mm. to me it just feels like you're letting it get cold, yeah. Which is is slightly odd, and you know you let turkey get cold; it can get quite dry.
0: Mm. We do HelloFresh, so we have food and recipes delivered to us every week, and I do quite enjoy that. To be honest, it's very very simple, very <laughs> simple.
1: <laughs> That's handy. Yeah,
0: uh, it's got little pictures for each stage. It's got a little picture of all the chopped vegetables on the chopping board and then the chicken in the pan, and it is very easy to follow. But sometimes you, you pick something and you look at it and it's you're like, that is going to be good. And normally their curries are on point from HelloFresh. We had one last night. It's just a fragrant chicken curry, but it is mm, really good. But then we got a Jalfrezi. I think we'll mix it up, get something a bit spicier. Just tasted like tomatoes.
1: Oh, what a disappointment.
0: Yeah, it was all... Oh, I don't know what it was. I was meant to get chopped tomatoes and I got plum tomatoes tinned. It was oh, just I... very irony, very tomato-y, watery. That was about it.
1: Yeah, you see, I've got a thing about tinned tomatoes. I, I feel they taste metallic. Yes. Particularly plum tomatoes for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. Um, so we tend to get the organic tomatoes in the tin, the chopped ones, with a thicker sauce, which don't have the same taste. Interestingly, we were discussing whether or not to put chocolate in a shepherd's pie or cottage pie. Yes! And apparently it. it, Well, yes, but the the chocolate takes away any acidity in the tomatoes and the taste, Mm. so it'll remove that metal taste.
0: That's good.
1: Yeah. Mm, My boyfriend
0: makes an amazing spaghetti bolognese, and that has... A whole bar of dark chocolate in it, and it is just so rich.
1: And does it have carrots in it? No,
0: no that's carrots. good. See, carrots I don't think you should. There's
1: something about carrots visually in a bolognese sauce that's just wrong.
0: It's not right, is
1: it's, it? it's not definitely not. No,
0: right. we take the carrots out and we add chocolate and wine.
1: Yeah, that's a much better idea, <laughs> yeah. a much, yeah. much better idea,
0: definitely.
1: And it's the same as putting raisins in a curry, that's just that's wrong as well.
0: That is wrong,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that's not right at all.
0: Although a coronation chicken, I do like raisins in, and yes. that's kind of a curry.
1: It is sort of a curry, yeah. It's, well, it's a sort of genre of curry that's mm. not not quite curry.
0: Talking about the disappointment of cooking, I love cooking. I just have an issue with ovens, yes, <laughs> and microwave ovens because we have yes. a microwave oven at home, and there's been more than one occasion where I've turned on the oven and the microwave and i have baked microwaved sausages for 30 minutes in the microwave oven
1: yes they they yeah. were pure carbon by the time you finished they were but i i reckon you could have driven a car over those and they would have stayed in in shape
0: well mum threw them outside for the slugs and it, they didn't even want them really we,
1: we haven't had slugs in the garden for 15 years <laughs> Well, not quite that long, but uh, you, you <laughs> get the idea. Rubbish.
0: We're not coming back.
1: <laughs> yes, actually, the the non microwave oven has been playing up of late. Oh no. So the it I put something in there, uh, and after forty minutes, it was cold.
0: So, <laughs> That's well, so um, annoying. That's
1: quite annoying.
0: Because mm. then you're like ready to eat it. You're like mm, really looking forward yeah. to it. And you pull it out. And it's- so I've,
1: I've got a replacement thermostat to go in this weekend, so hopefully that will that will fix it. I thought it was worth spending 20 quid before you have to buy another oven. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Everything seems to be breaking at mm. the moment, as it does when you replace it all in, you know, in a year. Yeah. Uh, the heating's been playing up as well. That's,
0: that's, oh, that's hopefully
1: good. fixed. But, um, yeah, <laughs> get up in the <laughs> cold mornings last week and it's uh, freezing cold. That's,
0: Not uh, nice. No, it definitely has
1: dropped the temperature as well. Anyway, we're digressing a bit from cooking. We have, we have. Yes. So I've I've had some epic fails over the years. Some of it has been camping with the scouts where we've tried to cook a stew and it's just, you take one bite of it and you just go, that is awful. Um, (laughs)
0: Can't eat that.
1: (laughs) Can't eat that. And generally um, the stews tend to not be cooked for long enough winner scouts because you're always hungry because you're always doing stuff and anything you've got left over goes in there which is not a good idea really not a good idea so yeah so stew camping stews Latterly, have been okay because we've left them a long time but as a as a lad they were pretty grim
0: yeah i've definitely had some grim stewy type i don't even know if you could call it a stew i don't know what it was when i was in Tanzania for a month
1: Yeah, I hate to think what meat that was.
0: I don't think it was, to be honest with you. wasn't meat. Yeah, we used to play a game where everybody ate until someone found something that looked dodgy in their dinner, and then we all stopped. Awful type.
1: We've spoken about this before with um, sailors and Mm. eating in the dark because the food is just so rotten.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so maybe you should eat in the dark. Maybe that's the answer.
0: Well, we did. We had a power cut one of the nights and everybody finished their plates because no one knew what we were. Funny that, isn't there? Yeah.
1: Was it you that was talking about the restaurant that served you in the dark?
0: Yes, we are going. Well, we've been going for a year now. We haven't haven't had the time to get it booked in. We had it booked in and then it obviously got cancelled. And then we tried to book it in again for November. (laughs) Good work on us.
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) you're doing well with that one.
0: But yeah, we are it's called dinner in the dark. Well, that's not what the restaurant's called, but Yeah. That's what the yeah. the
1: theme is called. I, I find the concept really strange because if you talk to a chef, not that I've spoken to many chefs, but this is what I would imagine they would say, is that the presentation and and the visual aspects of what you're eating is, is a major part of whether or not you enjoy the dish. Mm. And I I get that if you can't see it, you're probably explore the flavors a little bit yeah. more unless you're like me and like eating one thing at a time and not mixing it together
0: i do like that but i think that should be all right i think it's a bit more separated because i don't know i'll we'll have to find out we'll after i'll let you know how it goes
1: it will be interesting mm. but it has to be said though we started talking about disappointment of cooking and the fact that the food doesn't look like the the photograph in the recipe book if you turn all the lights off it doesn't, doesn't matter <laughs> You can bang anything out and it doesn't matter. So that's the answer. If you're disappointed with your cooking...
0: Just turn turn the the lights lights off. (laughs) That's a great tip.
1: (laughs) That is a top tip. That is a
0: top tip.
1: (laughs) So, Lippy, Christmas films.
0: Christmas films. I'm still not working. Still waiting for my start date. So I have been binge-watching... And I mean binge-watching Christmas films.
1: Now, you would think, because of my stance on Christmas songs, that I wouldn't like a Christmas film. But actually, yeah. I, I sort of do, I have to and say. And your
0: stance on musicals as well. I feel like, you know, Christmas films are quite musically.
1: They can, but, yeah, but it's not It's not music in films. I have to be very precise here. It's
0: people randomly bursting into song.
1: Exactly. And it's that. <laughs> odd thing afterwards where they stop singing and they just carry on as if nothing had happened and i find that a bit odd <laughs>
0: that, that because in I, real life you'd be like excuse me
1: exactly but then lots of things happen or don't happen in films I mean, mm. how often do you see somebody eat a meal or go to the loo very rarely very unless rarely. it's an important part of the plot so mm. yes i think that's probably a bit harsh but musicals are not my bag let's put it no.
0: that way but anyway not musicals they are christmas films they are,
1: they are christmas films so my first question is is die hard a christmas film
0: i've still never seen it oh dear yeah i
1: can't believe that i know
0: shocking i might have to do it this year it might have to
1: be a i think i think you should mm. well we'll come From... on to that in a, in a minute
0: mm.
1: so it's set at christmas yeah. So There's a Christmas party in the Nakatobe hmm. Tower, the first one, and then the second one is Christmas at Dallas Airport. So the first one was released 3rd of February 1989, yeah. so not at Christmas release date. And then the second one was released on the 2nd of J- July 1990, which is even less Christmassy than February. Yeah. So it does seem a bit odd that. Uh, I feel like they're,
0: they're not aiming for a Christmas film, but because it's based around Christmas time.
1: Well, it's it sort of. It's, it, Important to the story, really, I suppose, if you look at the the characters involved, the the Christmas bit's important. And Mm -hmm. I suppose the second one was a follow-on. You know, well, next Christmas we will have another. It
0: happens all over again. It
1: happens all over again. Interestingly, we've been watching Billions, which is a series on... um, I think it's on Sky. And uh, it's it's quite interesting. Damon Lewis uh, plays the lead character and is very, very good. And there was a comment somebody made about somebody using the Hans Gruber memorial exit which will mean nothing to you No, but I don't if you've know. seen the film you'll know exactly and I heard that and I thought Hans Gruber, that name's familiar oh yes, so he's the bad, he played by uh, the late great Alan Rickman hmm. in Die Hard 1 or Die Hard because they didn't know about the others so yeah. you know, Die Hard 1 <laughs> And uh, I, there, it was cracking. So when you see the film, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate okay. that. That
0: might be one for tomorrow then.
1: Possibly, although um, I found out last week that Dunsville Park, which is home to Top Gear. Yes. And um, just down the road from, from where we are, not necessarily you, but we they're, they're operating a drive-in cinema between mm. the 12th and the 17th of December. And one of the films is Die Hard.
0: Well, we could do that then.
1: Could do that. And two separate cars is allowed? Yeah, you'd be right in two separate yeah. cars. Yeah. And there's food deliveries to your car and all sorts. Oh. So, uh,
0: Christmas food? Oh, I don't know. Like pigs and blankets?
1: Possibly. I have to do a bit of research. I yeah. uh, only found it yesterday, I think, so uh, yeah, it needs to take a bit harder.
0: Mm, that sounds like
1: a good idea. So in terms of my favourite Christmas films, um, Elf, definitely Elf, one of those. Elf, 100%. Really, really yeah. Mm. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation which yeah. is an oldie and a goodie, and the Grinch.
0: I love the Grinch. I am the Grinch. The Grinch You are the is Grinch. My, he's my spirit no, you're not
1: the. No, you're not the Grinch. No. Uh, interestingly, Jim Carrey uh, tweeted something, or or released something, I don't know quite where it came from, saying that the Grinch didn't really hate Christmas, he hated people.
0: Yes. Because I love Christmas, but people are annoying. Well, no, we no, <laughs> <didn't> hate them. <laughs> Well, he doesn't hate them at the end, does he? But he does find them annoying.
1: Definitely. People can be annoying, but obviously, if you're listening to this, you are not annoying.
0: You're we love a you. <laughs>
1: <listener>. <laughs> so, what other Christmas films have you been binging on?
0: So, I found some new ones, which I think the second one came out this year. No, it can't have. Oh, yeah, it must have done. They're Netflix films, but they're called The Christmas Chronicles, and I didn't, not gonna lie didn't watch all of the first one because it is very much your typical Santa's delivering presents and he gets a bit stuck and two kids help him out and and they help save Christmas. There's lack of Christmas spirits, they have to build the Christmas spirit, you know, those kind of vibes for the first one that's definitely been done before. But the second one is based in Santa's village and oh my god it was just so like whimsical and there were these cute little elves and I think it it is possibly now one of my favourite Christmas films. Oh,
1: interesting. No, I've not mm. seen either of those.
0: It was just very magical and everything you want in a Christmas film. Yeah. A little bit actiony. Santa's a bit quirky. Mrs. Claus is cracking the whip. You'd <laughs> think that's so, but... to
1: be Santa mm. being a bit odd. There.
0: Yeah. So it's Kurt Russell is Santa. Oh, right. And... Goldie horn his wife is mrs yes. claus ah. so it's really good like chemistry between them as well obviously because they are actually married in real life yes
1: they've, they've been for a very long time
0: i would highly recommend it as a christmas film excellent mm, he's a very good santa claus
1: yes he's of the right age now i should mm. think
0: and i assume because it's called christmas chronicles there's gonna be more or and
1: more i would have thought so yeah
0: mm. like
1: What's the other one? Santa. There's a Santa Claus. Christmas.
0: Santa Claus. and Tim Allen. Lo- yes. Yeah, yes. those ones. There's Which loads of those. Very
1: good. I like Tim mm. Allen a lot. I think it's uh, very very
0: funny. Yeah. So that's. I think that's why I didn't really enjoy the first one, because it does remind me of the first Santa Claus. Ah, Okay. And I thought it's not quite made up to the cut of Santa Claus.
1: Good. Well, top lippy tip there for mm. Christmas films.
0: Christmas films, yeah. And then obviously you've got all the other trashy ones on Netflix, like The Holiday Calendar, and...
1: I haven't seen that
0: one. No, I wouldn't watch it if I <laughs>
1: I won't. Uh, Office Party I quite enjoyed.
0: Yes, that's a great one. That's that's
1: quite uh, quite
0: funny. An adult one, though.
1: It is an adult one, yes. I
0: would not advise watching it with children under the age of 16. Definitely,
1: (laughs) definitely definitely not. No. The one film I don't get why everybody gets excited about is It's a Wonderful Life. I've not
0: seen
1: it. I've seen it once, it's just a bit depressing.
0: It, yeah, honest. that's what I've heard. I've heard it's depressing. I'm like, why would I want to watch a depressing film at Christmas?
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit odd, but people wow. rave about it, including Wife of Grumpy.
0: Yeah. And I
1: don't think she's seen it since we bought it on VHS, so that's <laughs> some time ago. But that, that's no, she one. She
0: made um, Charlotte watch
1: it. Oh, he's probably on streaming now. Yeah, um, probably. But but I think that's one of the films at Dunswell Park, but I'm not going to that. Let's not
0: do that one. She can go if she wants by herself.
1: No. No. And in Red Dwarf, Lister, it was his favourite film as well. Is it Lister? Yeah, Lister. Mm -hmm. In the series, it was his favourite film. They watched over and over again, which I just i don't get it no. i'm sure it's a very good feel good film at the end but actually for christmas what i want is a feel good film from start to finish yes. or some sort of pandemonium which is christmas vacation where it's just just one disaster <laughs> it is basically yeah. it's, 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 yes
0: but it's christmas carnage and it's glittery and there's lots of lights
1: <laughs> yeah it's not glittery when the uh when the brother-in-law comes with his uh rv and then True. Pumps out the toilet. That's True. Certainly not glittery. No.
0: So you
1: get the gist. So, any other films that make the cut?
0: Home Alone, obviously.
1: Yes, very good. I yeah. haven't seen those for many, many years. And
0: I was really disappointed. I am sure, a week ago, I saw Home Alone on Netflix. It was on Netflix. The second one is. And I'm sure the first one was as well. And um, We put our tree up this weekend because... I know it's not, it wasn't December, but it was a month until Christmas. So we thought we could do it. So we thought we'll put the tree up and we'll watch Home Alone at the same time. Trying to put it on, it's not there anymore.
1: How strange.
0: So I don't know if it was a glitch and they put the picture and stuff up for it whilst they were doing Home Alone 2. And then had to take it down because obviously they don't have the rights for Home Alone.
1: For the record, I think it's perfectly okay to put your tree up and decorations for the last weekend in November. Thank you. I think we that's did. close enough. I think that's okay.
0: We've got some new baubles going on. Very
1: good. Going on there,
0: yep. Yeah. Got a trip to Santa Fe planned to get even more.
1: Don't go over the top. <laughs> don't, don't end up with three different sets of decorations depending on the year.
0: It's just, I mean, yeah. that is the eventual plan. I want to have two styles and then we can alternate styles every year.
1: No, 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 it's just rude to insanity. <laughs>
0: <frankly>. <laughs> it's Christmas. You can go over the top.
1: You can indeed uh talking of taking decorations down as opposed to up there's mm. uh, there's a family f- reasonably close to us that they've got some outdoor decorations that they leave up well into february um. and it, which is quite interesting and obviously they 're not concerned about any of the twelfth night nonsense and no. taking stuff down and good, good for them but it, it's rather odd their their house is full of stuff let 's put it that way and they uh, we I met them coincidentally at a car show and they own this fantastic 1930s fire engine. And it's a lovely couple. And you they think they'd be a bit rough and ready but no, they're just like Christmas decorations.
0: Yeah, and, and it's if for you them. See the house is covered as well. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely covered and they've got that big Santa on the tree out the front.
1: Yes, absolutely. I love
0: that Santa. Yes. and He's gl- proper
1: bright and glowy. He is bright and glowy, yes. Mm. yes. I, I'm hoping to be able to get our inflatable Santa operated yeah. this year. Mm. It's, it's a little tricky to hold him down as it's, it's all no gricked. grass
0: anymore,
1: yeah. No grass, but I've got some heavy weight, so... Use the
0: tree.
1: Could use the tree. We did once have him on the uh, extension over the garage, which was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can imagine that not ending so
1: well. Oh, it yeah, ended. It was fine. That was before I finished the bathroom. So, ah, oh, I, I see. Trape some cables in there. Anyway, we've digressed from films yeah, to, to um, decorations to decorations, which is uh, is not on the playlist, as they say. <laughs> right. So, Lippy, have you got a top tip for this week?
0: So, my top tip this week is if a task seems impossible. Try it drunk.
1: I have to say, alcohol seems to feature quite heavily in your top tips.
0: It's lockdown, isn't it? So alcohol needs to fizz- visit. Needs to feature heavily oh. in a lockdown top tip. Once we're out of lockdown, which isn't today, is tomorrow.
1: Oh, it's tomorrow morning, I should be it swimming is. at six thirty tomorrow morning.
0: Mm. I will digress away from the alcohol, but I feel like that is a good tip.
1: It's an interesting tip.
0: Give it a go. See what happens. Let us know. (laughs) I
1: think if you were finding some sort of surgery a bit tricky, I wouldn't follow that piece of advice.
0: I didn't say tricky. I said impossible.
1: Well, okay.
0: They're probably not finding the surgery impossible because I'm sure they wouldn't be doing the surgery if they thought the surgery was impossible.
1: Okay, so there's a bit of a caveat there. Yes. Which you would fail to understand if you were...
0: So it's like if you've tried 50 times to get a nail out of a wall you just can't do it have a few drinks see what ideas come in you might get it out mm-hmm.
1: and then the following morning you come down to find a massive hole in the wall <laughs> we've Well uh...
0: that's tomorrow's
1: problem. Okay, jolly good. <laughs> okay. Well, I for my fact of the week I had something lined up and I found something even better this afternoon. Ooh. Which is is astonishing and I have I have checked that it is correct and it does appear to me so both the UK and the US versions of Dennis the Menace, mm. created completely independently by different people who had no knowledge of the other, both debuted on the same day, 12th of March,
0: 1951.
1: No! I, well, it, it's so outrageous I had to check it out. And as yeah. far as I could tell, it's, it is correct.
0: And that would be such a weird thing for someone to make up as well.
1: It, it would be. I mean, how, how does that happen? And That's crazy. On the same day. I mean, it's...
0: That's some, that weird, like, the universe mistakes type thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, you see those
0: pictures and it's like the same, two different people wearing exactly the same clothing. It's like the universe has put the wrong person in the wrong place. That is crazy, though. It
1: is crazy, but if you know better, then please let me know and I'll be <laughs> quite happy to uh, to talk about that.
0: <laughs> to delete the email. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> was on Wikipedia, it must be true. Oh, Yes. So that's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I would like to thank our sponsors, however we don't have any. If you're enjoying our rambling podcast and can spare a few pennies to help with our hosting costs, please head over to patreon.com forward slash lippyandgrumpy and also leave a good review or a bad one. If you have a topic you'd like covered, please leave us a message via our website, lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me.
0: And goodbye from him.
1: Goodbye.